0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of antibiotic classification and mechanism from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. So let's start off with an overview of the antibiotics by mechanism. There are antibiotics that affect cell wall synthesis. There are protein synthesis inhibitors. There are DNA synthesis inhibitors, RNA synthesis inhibitors, mycolic acid synthesis inhibitors, and folic acid synthesis inhibitors. Examples of antibiotics that affect cell wall synthesis include penicillins, cephalosporins, vancomycin, beta-lactamase inhibitors, carbapenems, astrianam, polymycin, and bacitracin. Examples of antibiotics that are protein synthesis inhibitors can be divided into antibiotics that inhibit the 30S subunit and antibiotics that inhibit the 50S subunit. So examples of antibiotics that inhibit the 30S subunit include aminoglycosides like gentamicin and tetracyclines. A good way to remember that aminoglycosides inhibit the 30S subunit is to remember A minor or A minor glycoside, which inhibits the quote-unquote minor subunit or the 30S subunit. And that is in contrast to antibiotics that inhibit the 50S subunit, for example macrolides, so remember that macro inhibits the quote-unquote larger subunit or the 50S subunit. Other antibiotics that inhibit the 50S subunit include chloramphenicol, clindamycin, linazolid, and streptogramins. Antibiotics that are DNA synthesis inhibitors include fluoroquinolones and metronidazole. Antibiotics that are RNA synthesis inhibitors include rifampin. Remember R in rifampin and RNA. Mycolic acid synthesis inhibitors include isoniazid, and folic acid synthesis inhibitors include sulfonamides and trimethoprim. Okay, now let's talk about antibiotic classifications and indications. We'll start with the antibiotics that inhibit cell wall synthesis, and first we'll talk about the penicillins, which are bactericidal, and specifically they block cross-linking via competitive inhibition of the transpeptidase enzyme. So we'll talk about penicillin, aminopenicillins, penicillinase-resistant penicillins, and anti-pseudomonal penicillins. So examples of penicillin include penicillin G, aqueous penicillin G, procaine penicillin G, benzathine penicillin G, and penicillin V. The indications for penicillin include strep pyogenes or group A strep, strep agalacticae or group B strep, and clostridium perfingens. Remember that the toxicity associated with penicillin include a hypersensitivity reaction and hemolytic anemia. Examples of amino penicillins include ampicillin and amoxicillin. This is indicated for everything that penicillin is indicated for, again strep pyogenes or group A strep, strep agalacticae or group B strep, and clostridium perfingens, plus gram-negative bacteria, including enterococcus fecalis and E. coli. The toxicity of aminopenicillins are the same as in penicillins, which again are a hypersensitivity reaction and or hemolytic anemia. Examples of penicillinase-resistant penicillins include methicillin, nafcillin, oxicillin, cloxicillin, and dicloxicillin. So these antibiotics are also indicated for everything that penicillin is indicated for, plus penicillinase-producing staph aureus. Finally, anti pseudomonal penicillins, which are indicated for pseudomonas aeruginosa, include antibiotics like carbenicillin, ticarcillin, and pipericillin. Moving on to the cephalosporins, which are also bactericidal and specifically inhibit bacterial cell wall synthesis by a competitive inhibition of the transpeptidase enzyme. So first-generation cephalosporins include antibiotics like cefazolin and cephalexin. This is indicated for staph aureus, staph epidermidis, some gram-negatives like E. coli and Klebsiella, and remember that toxicity includes an allergic reaction and Coombs-positive anemia in 3% of patients. Second-generation cephalosporins include cefoxitin, cefaclor, and cefiroxine. This is indicated for everything that first-generation cephalosporins are indicated for plus gram-negative bacteria. Toxicity for second-generation cephalosporins include an allergic reaction and a disulfiram reaction, when taken with alcohol. Finally, third-generation cephalosporins include antibiotics like ceftriaxone, cefotaxime, ceftazidime, and then cefepime is a fourth-generation cephalosporin. These are indicated for everything that first and second-generation cephalosporins are indicated for, plus Gram negatives and pseudomonas. These have a similar toxicity profile to second-generation cephalosporins, with allergic reactions and a disulfiram reaction when taken with alcohol. Other cell wall inhibitors include vancomycin, beta-lactamase inhibitors, carbapenems, astreonam, polymyxins, and bacitracin. Vancomycin is bactericidal and disrupts peptidoglycan cross-linkage. This is indicated for MRSA or methicillin-resistant staphylococcus aureus. It's also indicated for patients that have penicillin or cephalosporin allergies. It's indicated for staph aureus and staph epidermidis. Toxicity for vancomycin includes things like Redman syndrome, nephrotoxicity, and ototoxicity. Moving on to beta-lactamase inhibitors, these are also bactericidal and specifically work by blocking cross-linking. Examples include clavulanic acid, sulbactam, and tazobactam. These are indicated for staph aureus, staph epidermidis, E. coli, and Klebsiella. Toxicity includes hypersensitivity reactions, and or hemolytic anemia. Examples of carbapenems include imipenem plus psilostatin, meropenem, doropenem, and ertapenem. Carbapenems have the broadest activity of any antibiotic except for MRSA and mycoplasma. Astrianem is indicated for gram-negative rods, aerobes, and hospital-acquired infections. Examples of polymyxins include polymyxin B and polymyxin E, and these are indicated for topical gram-negative infections. Finally, bacitracin is indicated for topical gram-positive infections. Moving on to antibiotics that are responsible for protein synthesis inhibition, we'll start with the antibiotics that are anti-30S ribosomal subunit, and these include aminoglycosides and tetracyclines. So again, remember, aminoglycosides are bactericidal, and they irreversibly bind to 30S remember A minor, is going to irreversibly bind to the quote-unquote minor subunit or the 30S subunit. Examples of aminoglycosides include gentamicin, neomycin, amikacin, tobramycin, and streptomycin. Aminoglycosides are indicated for aerobic gram-negatives like enterobacter and pseudomonas. Toxicity of aminoglycosides include nephrotoxicity and ototoxicity. Tetracyclines are also anti-30S ribosomal subunit antibiotics. Remember that tetracyclines are bacteriostatic and block tRNA. So remember the T in tetracycline for tRNA. Examples of tetracyclines include tetracycline, doxycycline, minocycline, and demeclocycline. These are indicated for rickettsia, mycoplasma, and spirochetes like Borrelia burgdorferi, which is responsible for Lyme's disease. Toxicity of tetracyclines include hepatotoxicity, tooth discoloration, impaired growth, and make sure to avoid tetracyclines in children less than 12 years of age. Now moving on to anti-50S ribosomal subunit antibiotics. These include macrolides, chloramphenicol, lincosamide, linazolid, and streptogramins. So macrolides are bacteriostatic and reversibly bind the 50S ribosomal subunit. Remember, macro will reversibly bind the larger subunit or the 50S subunit. Examples of macrolides include erythromycin, azithromycin, and chlorithromycin. These are indicated for Streptococcus, Haemophilus influenzae, and mycoplasma pneumonia. As far as toxicity, remember that macrolides can have acumidin interaction as it acts on the cytochrome P450 system. Chloramphenicol is a bacteriostatic agent that is also an anti-50S ribosomal subunit antibiotic. This is indicated for haemophilus influenza, bacterial meningitis, and brain abscesses. As far as toxicity, chloramphenicol has been implicated in aplastic anemia and gray baby syndrome. Lyncosamide is a bacteriostatic antibiotic that inhibits the peptidyl transferase by interfering with the aminoacyl tRNA complex. An example of a lincosamide is clindamycin and it's indicated for bacterioides fragilis, staph aureus, coagulase negative staph and strep, and remember that clindamycin has excellent bone penetration. Toxicity for lincosamides like clindamycin includes pseudomembranous colitis and or a hypersensitivity reaction. Linazolid is another anti-50S ribosomal subunit antibiotic that's indicated for resistant gram positives. Finally, streptogramins are also anti-50S ribosomal subunit antibiotics, and examples include quinopristin and dalfopristin. These are indicated for VRE, or vancomycin-resistant enterococcus, group A strep, and staphylococcus aureus skin infections. Now let's talk about antibiotics that are DNA synthesis inhibitors. These include fluoroquinolones and other DNA inhibitors like metronidazole. So fluoroquinolones are bactericidal, and inhibit the DNA gyrase enzyme, which inhibits DNA synthesis. There are first-generation, second-generation, third-generation, and fourth-generation fluoroquinolones. Examples of first-generation fluoroquinolones include nalodixic acid, and it's indicated for streptococcus, mycoplasma, and aerobic gram-positive bacteria. Toxicity for first-generation fluoroquinolones include phototoxicity, Achilles tendon rupture, and impaired fracture healing. Second-generation fluoroquinolones include ciprofloxacin, norfloxacin, anoxicin, ofloxacin, and levofloxacin. These are also indicated for streptococcus, mycoplasma, aerobic gram positives, plus pseudomonas. Toxicity of second-generation fluoroquinolones are also phototoxicity, Achilles tendon rupture, and impaired fracture healing. Third-generation fluoroquinolones include antibiotics like gatifloxacin which is also indicated for the same bacteria as first and second generation fluoroquinolones plus gram positives. The toxicity profile is the same as first generation and second generation fluoroquinolones. Finally, fourth generation fluoroquinolones include antibiotics like moxifloxacin and gemifloxacin, which are indicated for the same bacteria as first, second, and third generation fluoroquinolones plus gram positives and anaerobes and the toxicity profile is similar to first, second, and third-generation fluoroquinolones. So other DNA inhibitors include metronidazole, which is bactericidal, and the metabolic byproducts disrupt DNA. So metronidazole, or flagell, is indicated for anaerobes, and the toxicity profile includes seizures, cerebellar dysfunction, and a disulfiram reaction when taken with alcohol. RNA synthesis inhibitors include drugs like rifampin, which is bactericidal and inhibits RNA transcription by inhibiting RNA polymerase. Rufampin is indicated for staphylococcus and mycobacterium, like tuberculosis. Toxicity includes body fluid discoloration and hepatotoxicity when taken with isoniazid. Isoniazid is a mycolic acid synthesis inhibitor, which is indicated for tuberculosis and latent tuberculosis. Finally, examples of folic acid synthesis inhibitors include trimethoprim/sulfonamides and pyrimethamine. Trimethoprim/sulfonamides are bacteriostatic and they inhibit with paba or p-aminobenzoic acid. Examples include trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, sulfisoxazole, and sulfadiazine. This is indicated for UTI organisms, Proteus and Enterobacter. Toxicity includes thrombocytopenia and make sure to avoid folic acid synthesis inhibitors in the third trimester of pregnancy. Finally, pyrimethamine is indicated for malaria and toxoplasmosis gondii. Okay, so now let's quickly do a bacteria overview. There are gram-positive cocci, which include staphylococcus, streptococcus, and enterococci. Gram-positive bacilli, which are either spore-forming or non-spore-forming. There are gram-negative cocci, like Neisseria. Gram-negative bacilli, which can be subdivided into enterics, respiratory bacilli, and zoonotic bacilli, and there are other bacteria that don't fit into any of these categories, like mycobacteria, spirochetes, chlamydia, mycoplasma, and fungus-like bacteria. So let's quickly go over the gram-positive cocci. Examples of Staphylococcus species include Staph aureus, MSSA, or methicillin-sensitive Staphylococcus aureus, MRSA, or methicillin-resistant staphylococcus aureus, staph epidermis, and staph saprophyticus. Examples of streptococcus include strep pneumoniae, strep pyogenes, or group A strep, strep agalacticae, or group B strep, strep viridans, and strep bovis, or group D strep. Finally, examples of enterococci include enterococcus fecalis. Now let's go over the gram-positive bacilli. Examples of spore forming gram positive bacilli include the Bacillus species and the Clostridium species. So, Bacillus anthracis, Bacillus cereus, Clostridium tetani, Clostridium botulinum, Clostridium perfingens, and Clostridium difficile. Non spore forming gram positive bacilli include Corynebacterium diphtheria and Listeria monocytogenes. Moving on to the gram negative cocci, the one to know is Naceria species including Neisseria meningitidis and Neisseria gonorrhea. Gram-negative bacilli, as we mentioned, can be divided into enterics, respiratory bacilli, zoonotic bacilli, and other. So the enterics include Escherichia coli, salmonella typhi, salmonella enteritis, shigella dysenteriae, klebsiella pneumoniae, serratia, proteus, campylobacter jejuni, vibrio cholera, Vibrio parahemolyticus vulnificus, Helicobacter pylori, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, and Bacterioides fragilis. Examples of respiratory gram negative bacilli include Haemophilus influenza, Haemophilus ducreyi, and Bordetella pertussis. Examples of zoonotic gram negative bacilli include Yersinia enterocolitica, Yersinia pestis, Brucella, Francisella tularensis, Pasturella malticida, and Bartonella henselae. Other examples of gram-negative bacilli include Gardnerella vaginalis. Finally, some other bacteria to mention include mycobacteria, such as Mycobacterium tuberculosis and Mycobacterium leprae, spirochetes like Borrelia burgdorferi, which causes Lyme disease, Leptospira interrogans, and Treponema pallidum, Chlamydia species, which include, which include Chlamydia trachomatis, Chlamydophila, Rickettsia, and Ehrlichia, Examples of mycoplasma include mycoplasma pneumoniae and ureaplasma ureoliticum. Finally, fungus-like bacteria include actinomyces israeli and nocardia. Okay, so now let's go over some antibiotic resistance mechanisms. So bacteria develop the ability to hydrolyze these drugs using beta-lactamases. These confer resistance to penicillin. Examples include E. coli, staph epidermidis, pseudomonas aeruginosa, and Klebsiella pneumoniae. So to combat these bacteria that develop the ability to hydrolyze these drugs using a beta-lactamase, you will add a beta-lactamase inhibitor, for example, clavalonic acid in amoxicillin clavulanate otherwise known as augmentin. Another example of an antibiotic resistance mechanism is the genetic mutation of MEC a This is characterized by staphylococcal cassette chromosome, or scc which is a mobile genetic unit. MecA a is a bacterial gene encoding a penicillin binding protein, or PBP2A. PBP2A has a reduced affinity for antibiotics, and this confers resistance to methicillin, oxacillin, and nafcillin. An example of this is obviously MRSA, or methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. Keep in mind that an SCC mec type 4 has less genetic elements and is specific to community-acquired MRSA, making community-acquired MRSA less multidrug-resistant. Another antibiotic resistance mechanism is an altered cell wall permeability. This confers resistance to tetracyclines, quinolones, trimethoprim, and beta-lactam antibiotics. Creation of a biofilm barrier is another antibiotic resistance mechanism which provides an environment where the offending bacteria can multiply safe from the host immune system. Examples of bacteria that can do this include salmonella, and staph epidermidis. An active efflux pump is another antibiotic resistance mechanism that confers resistance to erythromycin and tetracycline. An example of this is the MRSA gene in staphylococcus, which codes for an active efflux pump. An altered peptidoglycan subunit is another antibiotic resistance mechanism. For example, an altered d alanyl d alanine of NAM-NAG peptide, which confers resistance to vancomycin. This is seen in the setting of vancomycin-resistant enterococcus, or VRE. Finally, ribosome alteration is another example of antibiotic resistance mechanisms in which a gene confers resistance to MLS, or macrolide lincosamide streptogramin agents via methylation of the 23S rRNA. This is demonstrated using the D-zone test for inducible clindamycin resistance in staph and beta-hemolytic strep now let's talk about penicillins in a bit more detail. The mechanism of penicillins again is to interfere with bacterial cell wall synthesis. Subclassification and tested examples of penicillins include natural penicillins like penicillin G, penicillinase-resistant penicillins such as methicillin or staphicillin, and aminopenicillins such as ampicillin. Moving on to cephalosporins, these antibiotics are bactericidal. And as far as the mechanism, they disrupt the synthesis of the peptidoglycan layer of bacterial cell walls, and it does so through competitive inhibition of penicillin-binding proteins. Keep in mind that the peptidoglycan layer is important for cell wall structural integrity. Cephalosporins have the same mechanism of action as beta-lactam antibiotics, such as penicillins. And as far as the subclassification and tested examples of cephalosporins, First generation cephalosporins include cefazolin or ancef and Kefzol. Second generation cephalosporins like cefaclor or C-chlor. Third generation cephalosporins like ceftriaxone or rocephin and fourth generation cephalosporins like cefepime also known as Maxepime. Moving on to fluoroquinolones, the mechanism is to block DNA replication via inhibition of DNA gyrase. Side effects of fluoroquinolones include inhibiting early fracture healing through toxic effects on chondrocytes. There are also increased rates of tendonitis, with special predilection for the Achilles tendon. Sotinocytes in the Achilles tendon have exhibited degenerative changes when viewed microscopically after fluoroquinolone administration. Recent clinical studies have shown an increased relative risk of Achilles tendon rupture of 3.7. As far as subclassifications and tested examples of fluoroquinolones, The ones to know include ciprofloxacin, or cipro, and levofloxacin, or levoquin. Moving on to aminoglycosides, the mechanism of these antibiotics are bactericidal, and they specifically inhibit bacterial protein synthesis. They work by binding to the 30S ribosome subunit, remember A minor, leading to the misreading of mRNA. This misreading results in the synthesis of abnormal peptides that accumulate intracellularly and eventually lead to cell death. As far as subclassification and tested examples of aminoglycosides, the one to know is gentamicin. Moving on to vancomycin, this is indicated for gram-positive bacteria. The mechanism is bactericidal and is an inhibitor of cell wall synthesis. With respect to resistance, increasing emergence of vancomycin-resistant enterococci has resulted in the development of guidelines for use by the CDC. Indications for vancomycin include serious allergies to penicillins or beta-lactam antimicrobials, serious infections caused by susceptible organisms resistant to penicillins like MRSA and MRSE, and surgical prophylaxis for major procedures involving implantation of prostheses in institutions with a high rate of MRSA or MRSE. Rifampin is most effective against intracellular phagocytized staphylococcus aureus in macrophages. And finally, linazolid binds to the 23S portion of the 50S subunit and acts by preventing the formation of the initiation complex between the 30S and 50S subunits of the ribosome. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. Linazolid binds to the 23S portion of the 50S subunit and acts by preventing the formation of the initiation complex between the 30S and 50S subunits of the ribosome. And finally, just a quick word about splenectomy. Splenectomy patients or patients with functional hyposplenism require the following vaccines and or antibiotics. Pneumococcal immunization, haemophilus influenza type B vaccine, meningococcal group C conjugate vaccine, influenza immunization, and lifelong prophylactic antibiotics, such as oral phenoxymethylpenicillin or erythromycin. That's all for this review about antibiotic classification and mechanism. Because this is a relatively lengthy topic, look out for a separate episode completely dedicated to questions about antibiotic classification and mechanism, and hopefully this episode will have prepared you for that question review session. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education.